Hello, hello, and welcome to the very first episode of the Nothing Scarier podcast, the podcast where we talk about things that you should actually be afraid of. I am one of your hosts, Kayla Diamond. Sup, fam? It's Courtney. Uh, um, so we watched uh, The Boy movie that was made in 2016. Um, it was released in January, which is generally where horror movies go to die. Is that really? If a horror movie is released in January, it's because the studio just wants it to go away. Is that a... I never knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I love horror movies all the time. Same. Most of the but time. it's almost always like, um, we don't think this movie's going to do very good. So we're just going to quietly release it in January and whoever goes and sees it, sees it. And then if not, it's some big loss. Hmm. So if, if you ever see a horror movie and they're like, release in January, da 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 da, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. Yeah. I mean, I might say that's true for this particular movie. Uh, I wrote some notes as I watched it. I had seen it before. I watched it for today's episode. Um, we First note is uh, weird sexual tension in the entire movie. What is up with that taxi driver? Uh, so not entirely sure why that movie had to open on an old man looking at her boobs. Yeah. Well, she's but asleep. Sure. But sure. Everybody, everybody wants a piece of Greta. But uh, yeah, so... We have Greta, our main character. She's played by Lauren Cohan, who played Maggie mm-hmm. in The Walking Dead. And then also stars Rupert Evans, who is the little dude from Hellboy. Like, Hellboy is liaison with the agency. Nice. And that's all I know him from. Um, it was directed by William Brent Bell. He directed The Boy 2, which is a terrible movie. I accidentally clicked that first. Uh, I watched it on Netflix. I accidentally clicked two first, and I was wait, 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 this isn't the movie I'm supposed to be watching. Couldn't figure out how to exit out of it because I was watching it on my phone. Watched a little bit of it. Doesn't they, seem like it's very good. It's not good. They went like full haunted doll on that one, which oh, makes which... no sense. But, you know, whatever. Um, He also directed The Devil Inside, which I have watched, but I literally remember nothing of that movie. So it clearly was good right maybe because i know that i've also seen that movie but i remember nothing about it so maybe it's like a weird thing maybe that's what the movie does i guess it's the devil like did it looking at weeping angels you just forget and get sent back in time but uh his um he's also making the new orphan movie i remember if you remember that movie we'll probably actually talk about that on the podcast because that is also based off a actual series of events but he's making Hmm. the sequel to it called orphan first kill and that's coming to Paramount Plus this year, so, you know. Is that going to roll out in January, too? Probably, <laughs> you know. Um, the film had a $10 million budget, and they made $64.2 million, so they made their money back. Not bad, not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a 6 out of 10 on IMDb and a 30% critic rating and a 30% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I don't think it's that bad of a movie, but it's pretty, like, boilerplate until the end, so I kind of get that. Yeah, I never really, I'm always super surprised, I should say, when horror movies have really good ratings on like Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb, because I feel like horror out of all of the genres is so, so viewer specific as to what is actually scary or what people actually enjoy. So like, I've seen horror movies on there with like, one, like you get a one out of 10 on IMDb, or like, whatever the super low 10% rating is. And I fucking them. They're yeah. so good. And then you get ones that are like a 6 or a 10 and you're like, what is this garbage? Please. I never want to watch it again. Oh, it's because so. somebody went to art school or film school and they decided that it was masterpiece, so hmm. you wouldn't understand yeah, it. Yeah, probably. I'm not smart enough for yeah. those ones. But anyway, 
as we previously stated, the movie opens with our uh, heroine, Greta, being taxied to this old house in the countryside, and her boobs are immediately being looked at by the taxi driver, who is an old pervert. That is a thread throughout the film where uh, everybody hits on her. Yeah, everybody comments about how young and beautiful she is, which is kind of weird as a woman, but sure. Yeah. Why not? Mm -hmm. Um, She's hired as a nanny to Brahms, a uh, upper class young English boy who turns out to be a doll. And then the movie proceeds to be a pretty standard haunted doll film from there. Mm -hmm. I did have a note. I don't know this, but it seems like either it's a trope or a true thing that happens. Somebody can comment and let us know. Um, Is being an au pair in the UK, is that like a common thing for people? Like, I had a hard time in the US, so now I'm going to be an au pair in the UK. You see that through a lot of horror movies. And I don't know if it's just they're like, I don't know how to get this person out of their element. Why would they be here? Why would they be applying? They have to have this weird backstory. Or maybe it just actually happens. I did have a friend that became an au pair over in the UK. So, like, I don't know. Do you know anybody that, like, followed that course? No, I feel like that's the only incentive to stay with, like, a weird child. Like, yeah, I like a, I'm in a new country. This is my only job. I have prospect. a shady past and I need the money. So I'll put up with this weird little kid that might stab me to death in my sleep. That's fair. I just, I thought it was weird because it comes up so often. But, yeah, he's, so she's going to watch Brahms, who turns out to be a doll. What do you think is haunted? They have a whole laundry list of, like, things you have to do. You got three-hour lessons and speak clearly and do this and do that. At first, Greta is, like, not, haha, like, LOL, like, this is crazy being paid for this. And then neglects the doll, and then, like, weird stuff starts happening, and then she comes to the conclusion after he leaves a peanut butter and jelly sandwich outside of her room that the doll is alive. Which I have a note here that says, don't eat demon sandwich. I'm If I'm in that situation... Right? Like, I'm in a haunted house. I think this doll is haunted. I'm so scared I've locked myself in the room. I don't have a phone. I don't have a way out. If it puts a sandwich outside, I'm not eating the sandwich and becoming friends. There was a lot of far-fetched stuff in the movie. It's a horror movie that happens. But, like, peanut butter and jelly sandwich is not the way to get to my heart, demons that are listening. He says it's her favorite. How does he know? Because she makes a peanut butter and jelly sandwich at the beginning of the movie. She brings specifically Jeff peanut butter to the UK in her bag. Just one jar, though. She's going to stay there for months and months and months, but brings one tiny jar of Jeff. Maybe it's hard to get through customs. I don't think, like, Europeans like peanut butter that much. thought that was weird. You're not going to get me out of my room with a sandwich. Let's make it better. Well, she decides that her and Bram are going to be buddies and she's going to take care of him. She starts doing the routine. Everything's all hunky-dory until... Dun, dun, dun. Her abusive ex shows up and then it's revealed that, like, she'd been pregnant at one point and he had beaten her and she'd lost the baby and that's Mm -hmm. why she's so attached to the doll. He shows up and then her love interest, Malcolm, who creeps on her at the beginning of the movie pretty hard and is pretty aggressive about courting her, but I guess the difference between being creepy and being uh, cute is just whether or not you're attractive. (laughs) At least in this movie, like... I probably would have been like, do not come in this house without telling me. Like, he's the grocery delivery guy. He just shows up in the house all the time. Constantly. Just all like, the hey, girl. Just there. But she's into it. So whatever. Her ex shows up and he realizes that she's babysitting a doll. And he's like, oh, okay. Like, this is stupid. Like, you're just going to come home with me. And she's like, no. And she's talking to Bram's like, I need your help, Bram, since we're BFFs. And 
Then at one point, her ex gets like super aggro with her and is like swinging Brams around. And they were like, no, the dog's, the doll's possessed. Like, don't do that or whatever. And he's like, this is stupid. And like busts him open. And then everybody's like, oh, shit, you pissed the ghost off now. <laughs> and you hear all like this rumbling and all this crazy stuff going on. And then her ex, like, walks up to this mirror. I would never just walk up to a mirror. And he's like, there's something on the other side of the mirror. And then, like, boom, like, the mirror explodes. And the and her ex, I don't even remember what his name is, fucking cowboy boots, <laughs> <laughs> um, gets, like, thrown in the ground. And the big reveal is that Brahms is not a possessed doll. He is, like, this super jacked, like six foot five just english dude just been living in the walls yeah yeah so i do want to go back just a little bit um you find out like throughout the movie uh main character she's calling her friend uh and just like talking to her friend and saying you know don't give my ex my phone number don't give the ex the address da 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 the ex gets the address from her friend's 10 year old why does your 10-year-old have that information? That was literally what I have. Why does a 10-year-old have the address? Why are you letting somebody that you know was abusing your friend talk to your 10-year-old? There's a lot of red flags. I didn't know. I didn't have an address book when I was 10. Maybe kids do now. I don't know. But it was it was very weird. And then he just shows up because the story was, well, he asked for the address so he could write you a letter. He's not writing you a letter. He's going to come there. No. And he's going to be a dick. And that's what happened. So, mirror explodes. Turns out there's a dude living in the walls. A little bit of backstory there. Um, the son of the two older people that lived there that hired her, that's the parents of this kid who supposedly died on his birthday in a fire 20 years ago. Something like that. So, like, if the timeline adds up, this kid's supposed to be, like, 29. Yeah. He was, like, 9 or 10 or whatever when he died. Um, so, he's just living in the walls, being a weirdo. Getting that protein, though, because he's absolutely just ripped. His parents just couldn't wait to get the fuck out of Dodge. And then they, um, side note, they just walk into uh, the ocean and drown themselves. So, they decided that was the appropriate thing to do. And then a fight ensues, clearly. Um, super jacked fucking brahms oh side note i did see a little piece of trivia maybe it was a fever dream i don't ask me where i saw this but there was a piece of trivia that originally brahms did not have this he comes out of the wall with like this porcelain mask on like mm -hmm. creepy ass shit and um originally it was just brahms like no mask everything but everybody um he was pulling too hot with the audience so they decided that everybody was a little too thirsty and that Brahms needed to have a mask on to make him a little more creepy. So hence the mask, which I think is hysterical. Mm -hmm. Anyway, fight ensues. He stabs fucking cowboy boots in the neck. Justified. Dude deserves it. Um, They start... They run away through the walls mm -hmm. at one point. There's like this big reveal that there's like a bedroom in the walls and there's a way to get into every room in the house. And I'm not an architect... I don't know how common that was. I'm sure there was supposed to be like servants' quarters and like servants' passageways and houses like that. But this is literally like, like if you look at the outside of the house, you're missing like a quarter of your footage on the inside due to these weird tunnels. He knocks Malcolm out at one point and then Greta's like run into the fence and then she's like, oh, I have to go back for Malcolm because apparently she likes him. I wrote another note, which was literally just keep running. I'm like, deuces. See you later. 
don't go back, dude. Don't go back for somebody that you just met. They're not in a relationship. There's no story there. You are running away from a murderer. Like you literally just watched him murder your ex. Do not be the bigger person. Do not help. Run away. Then she decides to go back and runs into Brahms and she's all, it's time for bad Brahms and like decides to go that way and whatever. And then she goes and lays him down and the last uh, rule is always give a good night kiss, right? Creepy. Gross. Yeah. So she's like, okay, Brahms. And you hear him. He goes, kiss. Because he's a 30-year-old man trying to sound like an eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. He was great at sounding like an eight-year-old earlier yeah. in the movie when you want they wanted you to think it was a ghost. But he does that kiss. And she's like, no, Brahms, that's your punishment. And then he's like, no, bitch, you're going to kiss me. Mm-hmm. And then she stabs him with a screwdriver. If you were going to stab him with a screwdriver, why were you trying to, like, if you were going to stab him, you should just stab him. Maybe she was just trying to, like, peacefully get out of the house. Maybe oh, she that's didn't want to commit a murder. Gonna, yeah, that, that's fair. Anyway, she stabs Brahms. Brahms, like, freaks out, and you th- think he's going to kill her for a minute, and then she, like, stabs him more with the screwdriver. I don't know what happened. Twists it. Yeah. And then he fucking dies and she goes and gets rupert out of the walls because he's no rupert that's the actor's name she goes and gets malcolm (laughs) out of the wall and they like leave and everything's cool and then they like i think they're trying to set up a sequel they cut to like somebody's putting the doll back together and the the sequel that they just went up they decided to go with was just straight up the doll is possessed by a demon really it doesn't even they don't even go the angle of like He's now actually possessed by Brahms Wallboy. No, like there's no like adult Brahms in the sequel. It's literally just like demon doll and it's like buried in the woods and this couple's kid finds the doll and there's like a creepy like Scottish caretaker Hmm. that's like, he wants you to do this. And it's like very like way more supernatural than this one, which Hmm. was just ended with a guy like living in the walls, which I think is the only thing that separated this movie from every other haunted doll movie. Yeah. I did like the twist. Not necessarily a big fan of the delivery, but I thought it was an interesting story. Yeah, like the movie's pretty generic other than the twist. So I wanted you to watch because people legit live in other people's houses without them knowing about it. And the scariest case, I think, would probably be the Denver Spider-Man from 1941. So what happened there is on October 17, 1941, Philip Peters, who was a retired railroad auditor, that's hard to say, man. That's just hard oh, to say. Oh, I have a mush mouth, so, you know. Um, he was from Denver, Colorado. He's brutally murdered in his home. His body was discovered when his neighbor, Johnny Ross, came to check on him after he had not shown up for dinner at her house. He had been eating all of his meals at his neighbor's since his wife, Helen, had been laid up in the hospital with a broken hip. Gotcha. So we are in Colorado and Denver. And this poor guy, he's just living his life. And he's just brutally murdered and only people only find out because the neighbor was like are you coming to dinner yeah basically because he was like super popular everybody and they like he didn't have anybody at home Mm -hmm. so they went to check on him and when nobody had answered the door at 335 west moncrief place a neighbor had like was lifted over the fence and they had opened the door to gain access to the house and then once inside they had found a pool of blood in the kitchen, and then they found Peter's body in the next room. He'd been bludgeoned up with a stove shaker. It's a stove shaker. So it's like 
um, I have a picture I can show you too. It's like a Z-shaped um, metal tool that was used to shake the ash out of like old timey stoves. So it was basically like a tire iron shaped on like a Z. That's what it kind of like it looked Ooh. like. Yeah, you get bludgeoned to death with that. Um, and nobody knew like what had happened. The police went to work on two theories, murder for robbery or murder for revenge. However, there was nothing missing in the house um, and they could not think of anybody who had any grudges against him. He was very like genial. Just like a good dude. Yeah, like everybody liked him. He was a super chill guy. They ended up at like a dead end. They had no mm-hmm. leads. He had led a quiet life for 40 years in the home that ended up like kind of turning cold. His wife, Helen, finally came back home when she was, when she was bedridden because her hip was still bad. Oh, I can't imagine being like, I'm in the hospital because my hip's messed up and then my husband's murdered and then you have to go back to that home. Like, uh. yeah, um, she was bedridden and hard of hearing. So she was on the second floor. She had a lot of domestic servants, mm-hmm. but most of them didn't stay for very long. They were constantly hearing like weird sounds at night, footstep tapping. Helen heard none of this and just thought they were all being crazy, but she was an old lady that she couldn't hear anything. Mm-hmm. One woman even said that she had seen a white hand reach around the corner of an open door um, before she noped the hell out of there, and, like, she couldn't keep anybody. Eventually, her son convinced her to come live with them, and the Mm -hmm. house was vacant. I do just want to point out at this point, so you and I are very different with our approaches as far as when it comes to creepy things. Like, I see a creepy thing. We were just talking about this before we started recording. I see a creepy thing happening in my general vicinity. I treat it like an aggressive predator. I am still. I'm not going to run and make any sudden movements. I'm going to observe it. If it starts to attack me, I will then move. Not immediately going aggro, getting aggressive, yelling, running, anything. I am, if it's fight, flight, or freeze, I'm that last one while observing. You, on the other hand... Might straight up actually fight a ghost, right? Like, yeah, yeah. So, I very much get loud first. I'm keeping this job. If I'm like, man, there's some weird footsteps going on. Uh, I saw a hand once, and there shouldn't have been a hand. I'm probably still keeping the job. Nope. I'm gonna be like the lady who's like, I ain't staying in no hainted house. Yeah, that was a quote from a newspaper. Yeah. I ain't staying in no hainted house. That's me. I'm out. See y'all later. Have a good time. I'm not even letting her know. I'm just gone. Good Sorry, luck. Mrs. Peters. You're on your own. Yeah. Figure it out. See ya. Hopefully that ghost knows how to fucking make breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even after she had moved out, the neighbors consistently were like hearing noises, seeing movement in the house. And eventually the house became like known as like a haunted house. Mm-hmm. Everybody, I guess, assumed that it was maybe Mr. Peters like just bopping around the old place. But they always kept, like, a eye on the house, the mm-hmm. police and everything. And then eventually, um, on July 30, 1942, nine months after the murder, two police officers who had been working on the case, um, Roy Bloxham and William Jackson, were in the neighborhood and decided they uh, decided, like, hey, let's just go check the house out. Spooky-ass old house. And under the property, they immediately heard a sound that sounded like a key turning in a lock and then, like, were running around the house trying to figure out what was going on. He Bloxham had opened a closet door just in time to see a leg disappearing into like a small hole like in the ceiling. And they were like, what the fuck? So he grabbed the leg and pulled this guy down. And it was a six foot tall man. He was 75, between 75 and 100 pounds at the time. And Wait, he was very, six very foot tall and like 75 to 100 pounds. Yeah. Um, he was very, very pale, like spindly, like really. No, no, yeah. no. Because I'm like. 
I'm just picturing like being in this house. It's got a reputation for being haunted. You open a door. I have goosebumps right now thinking about just seeing somebody's leg. I've got a drop down attic door. Just like zip up into the attic. That's like like a toothpick, right? Like if you're six mm-hmm. foot tall and like 75 pounds. What? What? Yeah, you look like a spider. Oh, oh my God, Spider-Man. I'm yeah, so and he's sorry. Like that super, just yeah, and he was like super pale and disgusting. He'd been living up there for 10 months at that point. Yeah. So anyway, he grabbed his leg, pulled the dude down. They immediately took him to the police station, and then they learned that this man was named Theodore Edward Conies. He had initially given the name Matthew Cornish, but I guess he gave that up at some point mm-hmm. and like actually gave him his real information. He was clearly malnourished and starving at that point. Eventually, he wrote an 8,000-word statement on what had led up to the bizarre situation, stating that he had killed Peters because, and I quote, he caught me robbing the icebox. Whew. Um, he had been living was in- it? He was just like, yeah. I- he killed a man because he just wanted some okay he yep over he caught yeah um he had been living in the peter's attics for about a month before the murder took place coming down occasionally to steal an egg or a bit of bread turns out he had known dear old phil 30 years prior and had belonged to the same mandolin club that had met regularly at the at the peter's home this was one of the police officers like he knew that uh the guy he killed Oh. Philip Peters. They had been friends 30 years before and had belonged to the same club. And he knew where his house was because the club had met at this house. And that's why he showed up. He's like, hey, my friend used to live here. We used to club here. Yeah. He like, he left Colorado and bopped around the country for a little while. But like in 1941, he came back Mm -hmm. and he was on hard times. He didn't tell like Philip Peters that he was in town or anything. He just showed up at his house. Realized they were out of town and then in desperation, like, went into their house to, like, raid their fridge. While he was in there, while they were gone, he found the uh, access to the attic and just went up there and just decided that's where he was going to live. I'm sorry. I'm, like, this isn't great for a podcast, but I'm, like, speechless right now at the level of you're living with another human being in your house, in your attic, for a full-ass month. And instead of, like, him just coming down out of the attic and being like, okay, cool, I know they're out of town right now, or I know they're out of the house right now, they're over at the neighbor's eating dinner, I'm just going to leave the house. I'm going to go knock on the door when I know that they come back and be like, hey, I'm your long-lost friend and I'm really on hard times, can I please have a meal? The better option was creep down out of the attic and murder somebody when they catch you taking food. Yeah, I mean, he clearly had some shit going on. He'd been living in the four-foot-wide, 12-foot-long, three-foot-tall crawl space for about a month before one day he, yeah. My brain is trying to do calculations for dimensions. Four-foot-wide. Mm-hmm. 12-foot-long? Yep, and three-foot-tall. At the tallest. So it was like a... And he's a six-foot-tall man. Yeah. So he's laying down or crawling, literally, for months. Yeah, for he just months. like lived up there and read magazines and did whatever while he was up there he said it was like really hot in the summer and really cold in the winter and he just kind of chilled up there he said that at first he was super timid and was like scared that he was gonna get found all the time and then he said eventually i got bolder i used to shadow him from room to room it was sort of a game it gave me sort of a thrill yeah so he started to like kind of get off on it and then one day he, like, slithered out of his little spider's nest and came downstairs to do his usual perusing of the kitchen 
only to be surprised by Peters, who had been sleeping on the couch. He'd just taken a nap, and Coney's thought he was out of the house. So, obviously, Peters was like, who the, what the fuck are you doing yeah. in my house? And then they got into a fight, and then eventually um, he beat Peters to death with that um, shaker. And then just took some shit from the kitchen and went back up on the attic. He was up there in the attic while his body was found, while all that stuff happened. And then he stayed up there for another nine months while Helen Peters lived there and then moved out. And then the house was vacant. He still, instead of just like coming down and living yeah. in the house, he still, he stayed in the attic. He was afraid to be found out. And then the neighbors kept seeing like weird shit happen because there's yeah. somebody in the house. And so the house got the um, reputation for being haunted. So, and the only justification he had for beating Peters to death was, he said, I don't know why I hit him so many times. I guess it was just the hatred I'd been stirring up for so many years against everyone who had things I'd always wanted and could never get. So he just beat this guy to death, like, after stalking him and doing all that. Oh, my gosh. Like, so there's, there's a world out there where this is happening and this happened and he just stays in the attic and then they sell the house to another family like they're the only reason this guy got caught is because those two officers wanted to check out a haunted house and found instead a human like maybe the officers had really good intentions for going in I think maybe they were just curious about a haunted house as well. Like, yeah, you they, know what I mean? Like, it's got a reputation for being haunted. Maybe you're just trying to see. They've constantly been getting reports of movement and stuff. But mm -hmm. like, what's at some point, like, wouldn't you just be like, oh, you know, it's the old Coney's house. Like, or not the old, it's the old Peter's house. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just a rumor yeah. at this point or whatever. And then you find a person. But like, if they hadn't gone in that day. That person would have just stayed there. And maybe he would have been caught eventually, or maybe he would have moved on eventually. But there is a world out there where, like, they sell that house. Yeah. And somebody else just moves in. And he's just still in the attic. You just hear, like, thumps and shit, and you think, like, oh, it's a raccoon, or it's this or that, or whatever. No, it's some fucking disgusting, like, Spider-Man living yeah. in your house. And, like, some of the older newspapers that I was looking at had quoted him as saying, like, people are cruel, and spiders are the only things that are, like that I like or whatever, but I don't know how much of that was, like, sensationalist, mm -hmm. the salt papers or whatever. But, yeah. it's He was deeply disturbed, and then um, he was sentenced to life in prison in November of 1942 after less than two hours of deliberation by the jury. And then he died in prison in 1967. So. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. I don't... Like, I watched that movie, and it was decently creepy as far as, like, the ghosty stuff, whatever. Like you said, boilerplate horror movie. But definitely the twist is what gives you, like, the creepy crawlies. Like, our setup currently, it would be a little difficult for somebody to live in our attic or in our crawl space. But it wouldn't be impossible. And I've definitely heard, like, moving in my house. We live in a very, very old house. It was built in, like, the like it's early 1900s oh my gosh uh, 1906 or something like that so it makes a lot of noise and it has a lot of creaks and stuff but i don't think i've ever really thought about how easy it would be for somebody just to be living in the walls here because it's an old house it has like these hideaway rooms like there's one behind my fridge that I, the fridge is on wheels you can pull the fridge open and there's like a full room behind my fridge what 
Okay. Yeah. There's like extra, there's coal storage. Um, there's like three levels of the house. Like I said, older house. There's coal storage rooms that are linked to the outside that you could get in to the house through the coal storage room if you were really determined to break through. And now I'm super creeped out. That's wild. Yeah. Just think about every time you hear like a bump in the night at mm-hmm. home. A lot of people think it's a ghost. Maybe it's just some fucking person living in your house, which oh is way gosh. worse, it dude. Is way Isn't worse. that way worse? It is way worse. Like, yeah, if I had to choose between my house is haunted and my house has some spindly dude living in the attic, I'm going with haunted. It's just, it's wild. Um, There are like some more modern examples of mm-hmm. people doing this. I don't know how much of them are like sensationalized or hoaxes or whatever, but I did find a newspaper article from 2012 in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Oh. Yeah. She referred to herself as Tracy, didn't want, like, her last name um, put out or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, She found her ex-boyfriend, who she had dated for one year, 12 years prior, in her attic. She was just, like, chilling in her bedroom and then noticed that some insulation was falling from her ceiling and heard some weird noises. Around 2.30 a.m., she finally called her nephew, thinking that there was, and I quote, some poltergeist shit going on. (laughs) Um, After some nails fell out of her ceiling, her nephew went up in the attic and found the man sleeping in their heating unit up there. And then um, her nephew also noticed that he was able to see into her room through, like, a vent. So, like, your creepy ex is in your house, living in your ceiling, looking at you at night. Oh, my God. And, and she said when they found him, he just got up, smiled at them, and <gasps> left before the police left. And, like, as of that writing of the article in 2012, they had not found the guy. What? Yeah. They didn't find he him? He literally was just like, uh uh-huh, and then just dipped. And nobody was able to find him. So they have no no idea how long he was up there, why he was up there, none of that. They think that he was up there for, like, two weeks before they noticed. She... They dated a really, really long time ago, but she had asked him to help her put some, like, storm doors on her house or something a year before that. So, he knew where she lived. Like, she clearly had broken up with him, and maybe he wasn't over it, but he was just chill, living in her ceiling. Watching her in her room. Yeah. All right. So, maybe this is a PSA uh, if you recently have noticed raccoon activity squirrel activity rat activity in your house and you're like i will eventually call the exterminator call now do it now don't delay because no you never know you never know i saw like reports of like some lady was living in somebody's closet or something in japan and coming out and sneaking and like it's it's a thing i guess i don't know yeah, I think that is something that everybody would be truly afraid of in, like, the realm of creepy, crawly, scary, spooky things. Like, you are in your house. It's supposed to be, like, your safe haven. This is your comfort zone. This is your space. Like, you can close the blinds, close the curtains, be yourself. And then that whole time when you're, like, your most vulnerable, somebody's just watching you. Yeah, and you've always, you've had that feeling before, like, you feel like something's watching you. Yeah. You get that weird tingly sensation. Maybe next time, look at your vent. Shine a light in it. Just make sure there's not somebody just in your house. Oh, my God. Have an exit strategy or just like poking around, though. Yeah. Or, like, I know that I have a habit of holding on to things pick and, like, putting them in random spots mm-hmm. when I walk around the house. Maybe it's not always me. <laughs> oh, no. 
You said that with the most like shit-eating grin on your face because you know I do that shit too where I'm just like absentmindedly moving stuff around my house and like maybe that's just me being disorganized. I don't know. It's so creepy, dude. I don't like that. That is not my favorite thing in the world. Uh, I did not expect to be this creeped out. But we were, like, having a conversation before we were recording about just creepy things in general, and I think I'm blending the things together. I'm just saying, even if you think about, like, maybe, like, 5% of, like, ghost hauntings are just somebody in somebody else's house Mm -hmm. just trying to find shelter for a little bit, and then they leave, and then that's why the haunting stops. Like, what's worse? What's worse, Beelzebub or, like, (laughs) Greg? <laughs> I don't know. Uh is Greg gonna bludgeon me to death with a stove shaker? Yeah. Oh, you you kinda hope you don't have like a murdery one. Yeah. Maybe just like somebody. I mean same qualifications for a ghost too. I kind of hope I don't have a murdery one. I hope you have a nice ghost. Yeah. Oh my gosh. No. Mm-mm. Yeah, and this is uh this episode is releasing the very beginning of October, so the beginning of uh, official spooky season. It's also, I I used to work as an animal control officer for a city nearby, um, the time of year where all of your fuzzy friends are looking for some place to overwinter and settle down. So maybe that's a possum hanging out in your attic. Maybe it's Greg. Fucking Greg. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Just keep inventory of your fridge. You notice some shit goes missing. Maybe check it out. I have a... My attic access is in my closet in my bedroom, and this is going to sound really weird coming from a 34-year-old woman. Um, I kind of lock my closet at night. Yeah? Yeah. I, like, put, like, a coat hanger in between the, <laughs> in between the little knobs to just keep anything that wanted to creep into my closet. I mean, hopefully the worst thing that would ever happen would not be Greg climbing down from the attic, but would just be, like, a raccoon stuck in your closet I would as much, opposed to in your apartment. I would much rather be a raccoon. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, baby, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I... Mm-mm, not about that life. No. Well, that was uh, sufficiently creepy as I sit here on my couch thinking about all the little hideaway rooms that are in my very old house. Uh, it's great. It's a good time. Um i hope this uh this creeps out more than just me i know i said on our episode zero i am into things that are creepy but i am also a recovering crybaby so scaredy cat over here so and i'm just laughing and i think it's funny so (laughs) well maybe i can return the favor with some interesting slash creepy stuff next week so Before we get there, before I tell you what you're going to be watching this week, if anybody is interested in following us on social media, you can find us at Nothing Scarier Pod on Insta and Nothing Underscore Scarier on Twitter. Follow us there. We'll post about our new episodes, start a conversation about any uh, humans that you found in your house, any uh, spider people in your attic. We can chat about that over there on socials. But Courtney, for you for this week... Please watch Corpse Bride. Yes, the uh, animated, weird puppet movie Corpse Bride. And I'll tell you why next week. Oh, shit. I actually haven't seen that. Really? Mm-mm. Mm. This will be interesting. 